looks real pretty It's called Stud City And it's for literally everyone There's a town that looks real pretty It's a place called Stud City And it's for literally Smokes in Stud City, and it's time to go. everyone today on the show we have johnny devito the host of the podcast show me yours which is all about music the goat art form there is no other art form as good as music i would have to agree i mean my podcast is definitely a we straddle the line, I think, of a music podcast. Uh, I, <laughs> in over 12 episodes, we've maybe discussed music for, I don't know, maybe a, a solid half hour, but it's where the conversation takes you, and I think that music's a great uh, vehicle for that. Yeah, I like that about your show. It's like they're your anchor, but then it's like you guys have the freedom to talk about whatever fuck is like bothering you or whatever. Yeah, but then you yeah. look it back, and you guys like actually do the research and stuff, which is really cool. Totally. We got um, the one on Monday coming out is Deltron 3030. And that's an album that was is very important to me. So I actually did a little bit of research and, and we really got into it. So that was it's it's weird how how much um, you really respect an album and um, you really want to kind of do it the justice. And uh, and then other ones, I, I don't know, I kind mm -hmm. of um, I, I place like a, almost a different uh, like priority or, or, or value ranking to them so i know that i'm just gonna get torn apart by my friends if i don't do dell justice so Fair it's, enough. Yeah, it's important to do a little bit of research yeah the singer of madness the chorus of madness is sean lennon who is now a trump supporter sean lennon oh, john, okay. john lennon john lennon's son really is he really I'm pretty sure the cotton the grip of the city, Matt. Really, that guy, really. Cotton the grip of the city, madness. Oh yeah, that's a good fucking track, man. Oh, dude, Deltron Thirty Thirty is the fucking shit, dude. Like so good. Sheesh. Listening that to that show when I was thirteen, smoking weed for the first time, just having a good fucking time. Hell God, yeah, dude! It was fun going back into it, and um, I'm a big fan of anything like West Coast hip hop and a lot of like the funk that's kind of in that and the funnest thing about doing deltron was going back and actually listening to like the rest of the dell catalog so i spent a lot of time actually saying um you know go back and listen to, like i wish my brother george was here or no need for alarm and all that other stuff and like, there's so much um i don't know that man's mind <laughs> is incredible. yeah yeah he's sort of like a um he's he's he never became as famous, but he had that sort of MF Doom thing going on for him where he was incredibly secretive and like his projects kind of just dropped and he had this like exactly had this like aura around him. But then he would also kind of cross over into the mainstream, like with shit that he did with the gorillas and yeah. stuff. And so in that way, he was a bit of a trail, bit of a trailblazer. He, fucking Deltron. Oh, for sure. Well, it's interesting. I think like um, poor Dell, like a Deltron 3030 and that Clint Eastwood track, I think is like overshined his entire career mm. almost. So it's uh, yeah, just kind of championing the flag or whatever. Go back in like hieroglyphics and all that stuff as well. I mean, mm -hmm. he's been involved in so much stuff that it's just uh, it's so so next level. For sure, but it's like every artist that is like has that status. They all have those like couple of couple of projects that like really define their careers you know oh absolutely like you could say the same thing for almost any artist I'm, I'm sure like i know it does torture some artists but it's like yo dude like you made mbop yeah like, that's incredible <laughs> dude you did more than what most people do in music ever it's like fucking compared to the film industry it makes the film industry look like fucking daycare the music industry well it really does <laughs> yeah. well there's something about that too like i mean you can just and like you can go back and play the hits and I, I mean when when bands start to grow up we're doing metallica here is the next one that we're doing uh ride the lightning and it's just kind of interesting to see um uh like oh how far the mighty like you don't uh, you know some some artists kind of get better with age and i think some uh just kind of stick to the formula right so totally. and, uh, you know you, yeah i mean I, I think like to be defined by some of your best work is uh, is okay, but I mean some of these guys just keep cranking them out. So I think yeah. the better. What was that? What was the album that everybody hated by Metallica? It was called like Saint Fear Anger. the Anger, Saint Anger. Yeah, Saint I Anger. have a. Fr 
I have a friend named Eric Bateman. Once again, his name is Eric Bateman, and you can find him on Instagram at Mr. Friend Guy if you want to give him a hard time about this. Um, and he his his favorite Metallica album is whatever Fear of the Anger or whatever the Saint Anger. And in like, I'm probably goosing this up, but like in my interactions with him, his belief is like that it's the quintessential metallica album you know like even he i've even caught him wearing a saint anger t-shirt like this is non-ironic whatsoever it's it's not just his favorite metallica album i think it's one of his all-time favorite albums period that's incredible i mean for 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 band like metallica when you're thinking like uh, like hard thrash metal lightning fast drums all of that stuff but if you're not gonna put like master of puppets or or even kill them all or something you know i that's crazy to me that is that but is he a fan of the rest of the genre or did that album hit him at a specific time i think that's weird that could be like a time capsule he just situation. has bad taste yeah yeah, <laughs> too, yeah but at least he stands by it right i mean he's not a guy sitting over there saying like you know he likes the dave mustaine days he's you know <laughs> no 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 he, he he thinks it's high art what's his number two metallic <laughs> album is it like death magnetic <laughs> at least that album has some good songs saying anger literally has not a single good song <laughs> i can't even remember um because i'm i'm a more of like a punk rock fan so when saying anger came out a lot of my friends that were into metal um you know every you kind of champion your favorite band's new release and uh mm -hmm. that one just kind of went away it <laughs> kind of swept <laughs> under the rug a lot of guys were going no 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 you don't you don't have to check that out, right? Even people that were in heart <laughs> defiance, like Metallica might be the best band in the world. On release day, let's just, uh, yeah, let's not talk about Yeah. It. Also, like, the best thing about St. Anger is the documentary that was made about the making oh, of that movie. Yeah. Um, that documentary is fucking incredible. I don't know if you've is ever seen it. I think it's called St. Anger. And it's okay, yeah, some kind yeah, of monster. I, 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 vaguely yeah remember. and it's about the recording of that album and they're just like it's a fascinating documentary because they're just both so the, the not both the band is so dysfunctional it's unbelievable like these guys are just like the these guys are the the atypical narcissistic rock stars like everything is a fight everything is an argument it's like yo you guys are legendary. You guys have probably made so much money, like more money you could ever think of to do. Like this is back when people bought albums. So they were making that touring money and they were making like 20 cents oh, on an album. They're fucking probably like multi, multi-millionaires. It's like, well, yo, this doesn't, this doesn't even seem fun. Like that's the main problem with bands. It's like, yeah, I was in bands and shit growing up. And like the worst part about being in a band is interact with musicians every single day because they really are the scum of the earth <laughs> I, could, I could definitely i could definitely I, I mean i've never been in a band per se but i've definitely gotten in a band and jumped and you know went on went to a couple cities and sold some t-shirts and stuff like that and when it's um you know i couldn't imagine that being the you know the life or the you know the my main source of income or, or my lifestyle in general is that it's fucking insane right so if that's the, like what you're getting into what the fact that like Lars and you know those guys are so up their own ass. I was doing the research for um Ride of the Lightning, and I think in like what 85 or whenever it came out, yeah, these guys were like selling stadiums shortly after that. So these people have been like the biggest band in the world for like almost 30 years now and have been filling, you know, what what what's the, what's a door deal on a stadium show like that, right? I imagine they have more money than they know what to do with, they're still gonna sue sue Napster and shit like that. Like they're the quintessential. <laughs> kind of pussies or whatever like i don't know how you could call it but everybody hated them for that shit mm -hmm. which is fair enough i mean it was kind of lame but i guess like i don't know back then i think there was uh, back then it didn't seem inevitable that music was just going to be free totally. essentially like it's it's no longer a commodity it's a you can get it anywhere anytime it's like a fucking um it's like a bat in a Wuhan wet market, you know, they're going for cheap. So, <laughs> so, um, yeah. So like, that's basically, he, he, I think he really thought that he could put a fucking period on this fucking free music shit, but he couldn't, it was inevitable.
Well, I mean, I'm a I'm a collector, right? Like I have a whole, you know, shelves and shelves of CDs and records and whatnot. And I I'm kind of of the mind, like if it's physical and it's in my hand, of course, I'm going to pick it up. But I mean, mm-hmm. if I've already owned that album on CD and on vinyl, I get to fucking listen to it on any other medium, too. And I mean, I'll show them the hard copy and say, give me a fucking break. Right. But now you have to go on to Apple and that's another ten dollar album. And I pay for Spotify, too. So. How many times do I have to pay for, you know, Offspring Smash before they can just fucking <laughs> let me have it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Great absolutely. Track. I mean, Come Out and Play is like, <laughs> I think it might be the best independent selling albums of all time still one of them. Really? Yeah, that yeah, makes sense. Like on Epitaph, like 9 million sold or something the first year. Oh, that's fucking sick. Yeah. yeah. So, like, how did you uh, discover you're like, oh, fuck, music's my thing. When did that happen for you? Um, well, I grew up in the woods and my parents have been divorced for, I mean, since I was about two years old. So my dad was going through some, uh, some hard times and around 2000, I think I'm about 11 or 12, 10 or 11 years old. Uh, my dad's coming out of recovery and he wants to hang out with the kids. Right. So we come down there uh, or sorry, come down here, I guess, to Vancouver. And when I came down, my brother was really in so my dad takes my brother to a hockey game and my um hockey night oh yeah man. meet mark messier and kind of get like the little backstage uh thing like that and then the next day was a green day show at the plaza of nations um right after i think nimrod came out or maybe shortly after warning um yeah and uh i was already the weird kid kind of a little misunderstood class clown kind of acting up and whatever but when I saw a bunch of kids with mohawks and tattoos and like a, like a first mosh pit and everything like that, I was, my mind was blown. And uh, I went back to the, back to my hometown and just told all my friends, like, guys, there's life outside of this and it looks incredible. So the next year, I think I started to like grow my hair out, um, started finding any little, um, at the time it was just kind of spending my allowance so I could get the, like the punk rama compilations or whatever for like six or seven bucks and all of a sudden now you have like, if you like Green Day, you probably like no effects, bad religion and blah, blah, blah. So you just kind of like immediately the door opened. And then shortly after that, um, every summer when I would come down, my dad would just have something cool to, to take me to. So the next thing was, um, do you guys remember Snow Jam? Oh, I know. Snow I'm Jam not, was, I, this, um, was a festival. Like... Yeah, they did. Um, They trucked in a bunch of snow from Whistler and then they brought it to... Um, the parking lot at Science World and basically built this massive quarter pipe and they had a bunch of snowboarders and skiers doing that just in the middle of the day in the summertime. And um, I mean, Biff Naked and Swollen Members. Uh, I, re- and, I totally remember Snow yeah, Jam now. Yeah. Like, it's all yeah, coming back to me. Was it part of Slam City Jam? Because I went to Slam City Jam Slam City year. was the shit too. I was, that was something that I never got I remember making a decision of Warp Tour Slam City, and uh, and I picked the Warp Tour, but the <laughs> they did it like two years in a row, and I think both years Pennywise and Dropkick Murphys just headlined, so like one after the other, and yeah, that was it for me. I was I, I'm still here. <laughs> That's still my favorite shit. So definitely kind of keep the door open. Right on. Yeah, that's fucking yeah. sick. Fucking dude, music. Why is it? so much better than any other art form i i really i when i said that i know it sounded like a joke but that is truly what i believe like i mean i i i actually like am into you know i'm into film i i if, if i have to choose between listening to an album and watching a film i'm watching a film but undeniably my emotional response is always the greatest to like a a actually stunning piece of music yeah you know? yeah i don't know what it is there's something like a the sonics there comedy is my is, is my thing but it involves like a um like the the if there's no surprise there the joke is gone so mm-hmm. i can go back and rewatch a million of my favorite specials and kind of like now it's kind of studying the moves and kind of joke structure and all that other stuff that kind of goes into it but i mean once the once the magic is gone it's gone for music it doesn't seem to have that you know what i mean like uh, with an album like Deltron, you can listen to that. Fuck, I'm 18 years in and I'm still finding little pieces and, you know, um, yeah. uh, backstory and all that stuff. Like, if you really just, like, nerd and get into it, then uh, there's so much there for it. But on the, it's still one of the other things that just on the surface of it is um, it gives you that visceral reaction, right? 
Yeah. I think that's like from no, 100%. nature. And I, I also you know, like, you know, like birds sing, um, whales can sing. That elephant can paint, but aside from that, like it's really the only thing we can really share with like animals, you know what I mean? That's kind of okay. trippy. That is yeah. it's a universal language. That's what people say about music. Yeah. yeah, you don't have to speak that. That's interesting. Um, I wish I mean I've been playing guitar for shit on and off for a long time and i've never really excelled past a certain level just been kind of picking away at it and doing whatever almost like a pastime thing but when you see musicians that get, you don't even have to speak the same language you know right like if you're actually talented you know what you can, you can do like that to me is is fascinating mm. yeah. similar like um, like in sport in some way or something like that you know it's the same you speak the same language even you know even though you can't communicate with words oh, for, for sure and music is so good for like setting the mood like music you can turn to music for like any situation your grandma dies oh yeah music you're fucking you're fucking a hot chick music you're walking down the street to buy weed music like it's so fucking good for every single situation possible like there is nothing that doesn't kind of go better with music i mean you're one of these people like your, always your mom just threw your best porno mag bc boys Exactly. <laughs> little beastie boys ref little beastie boys um yeah and there's just so fucking much of it like there's just so much great music and like when you hear a song and it really resonates to you like that that's why i don't really understand artists i mean i do understand it to a certain point that are super protective of their music when it comes to like license licensing it for commercials or for movies and shit like that because ultimately when like it's exposure like i've learned about some of my favorite tracks from fucking films like half of tarantino soundtracks yep. are like shit that i still listen to this to this day you know absolutely Dang. i think action sports too like any skateboard or snowboard film i think for, oh, yeah. if you're a fan of like punk rock and hip-hop specifically and those two things i mean yeah the, the door gets blown wide open i do think it's funny um how much music you listen to how much um how opinionated you can be on somebody else's song selection so i'm at a funeral right and uh recipes to a good friend of mine mike this is this happened years ago um terrible accident we're sitting there we're all mourning and a friend of mine has uh has put out together a um almost like a slideshow right so you're gonna sit there and kind of you know go through all the pictures and whatnot and he's telling me the songs that he picked and i can't remember the the name of the first one was a hip-hop song and then the second one was Freebird. and all my friends are like fuck yeah and i'm like how many fucking pictures do you have? Like, are you aware that there's a five minute fucking solo <laughs> in, in Freebird? And like, I'm, I don't want to be the dick here, but maybe choose a different song. He goes, it's already queued up and no bullshit. Maybe, um, you know, not one hour later, we're sitting in this, in this, um, you know, funeral home. And that, that fucking solo keeps ringing on three minutes, four minutes later. And I'm just kind of looking around going, why didn't you ask me what fucking song to play? <laughs> 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 because that thing but uh, yeah other than that i i'm 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 game I, i'm always listening to music i think and and that's the cool thing about the podcast too is jackie always brings in some a different side of it like i didn't grow up with any classic rock or anything like that so i'm just kind of opening my eyes to the classics now and kind of getting into them too which is pretty cool oh that's sick what have you been listening to um well the, just the albums that she's brought in like uh she did rolling stones black and blue Hell yeah. which i i'm I mean, not the most cohesive um, Stones album, but I never would have heard it had she not brought it in. Um, at Fleetwood Mac Rumors, I'm embarrassed that I didn't know really anything about that. Um, yeah. It might as well be a greatest hits. Like, that's a fucking masterpiece. Yeah, it's crazy. The backstory <laughs> behind that album was so crazy. Learn now in your podcast. What, Stevie like, Nicks doing coke? Well, all the shit they were going through while recording it, it was, like, insane. Yeah, okay, I could have recorded rumors if I was doing coke. Oh, dude, <laughs> by yourself? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> me in a room, just fucking me in a room, just fucking. What's a good song from fucking? What's a good song from? Uh, what's a good song from that album? Is landslide on that album? Um, what the fuck? I, off the top of my head, now shit. I'm just getting into them. I know the cranberry that track juice three. Song. I really like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have no fucking clue. I love how we're doing this podcast to talk about music and none of us know a single ah, song off of rumors. That is just embarrassing. Shit, I got this, right is, here. this is a factory fact checking free podcast. 
Sorry, I meant to say. Oh, okay. Fine. Yeah, okay. we don't really fact. Yeah, don't fact oh, check. It's, fucking, it's dreams, guys. Dreams. Go <laughs> oh, your own yeah, way. Oh, yeah. yeah uh, you can know your own way. Yeah, yeah man. Um, so all, all of that stuff is kind of interesting to me. And uh, it just the opportunity to kind of open my. Somebody told me when I was a kid, if it isn't punk, it sucks. And I kind of <laughs> like that just like cemented into my brain. And I've made such bad decisions just uh, not opening up or giving other stuff a, sh- a shot so now it's kind of cool right now like i get to experience it for the first time or whatever right also that's just like bad because like if somebody said that about rmb i'd be like okay that kind of makes sense rmb is <laughs> mainly good but <laughs> punk has so much bad music it oh, is yeah. unfucking believable it <laughs> yeah, is like absolutely. so there's so but it's all an accessibility thing right like because it's yeah. easy people think it's easy to play more people do it but in reality actually punk is incredibly hard because you need oh, to mix yeah the like simple overtures of punk with the uh incredible intensity of punk with also the like songwriting of like pop music and so it's actually very hard to do which is why you don't deceptively simple right like if everybody shits on no effects but if everybody could if anybody could do it like that then they would and that's the reason that band has been around for fuck almost 30 years dude no effects is so fucking good i got introduced to them through their george bush album i forget what the fuck that's called Oh, the war on errorism. The war on errorism. Yeah, yeah that was yeah. a good. That's a good ass album, man. That's oh, yeah, that's got the, that's got. Yeah, Cody. They have a song called Nubs. That's all about a chick with no arms or no legs. <laughs> and everybody, yeah. And I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure it's about all of them wanting to fuck her. <laughs> no, it, well, am i right or wrong about that she's such like a supporter right so i think um like she's just been in the scene for so long and i mean if you recognize that like, you could go and play a city a hundred times and you know like a, a what a guy a white guy with a beard like me you're fucking a million of them right but you're yeah. that one's gonna stick out to you and hmm. i think that um yeah she's friends with um uh, like um with bands that are in town and things like that so there's a lot of people that are um friends of mine have like wished wished her a happy birthday recently and all this stuff so she's kicking around oh. i think she's from strong i don't know what it would be like but yeah there is that lyric there um like it's hard to give good head or get tied to a bed when all you got is a body and a head she's nubs <laughs> yeah <laughs> so do, they, do they call her nubs mm-hmm. i think yeah, that's, that's her pretty Instagram name as well too. it's funny that nickname you could never give that nickname to somebody in no. 2020 <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the best thing you, you got to be extremely uh strong-willed person and you got to be able to let a lot of shit roll off uh <laughs> roll off that stuff. you could give that nickname but nubs would need to have a pretty non-nubby personality she would need to have a pretty great personality if you I know what I mean. so. yeah it'd be weird if you gave it to a friend like uh like you call um you call a little guy or a big guy tiny and stuff like that. So I don't know. Like I don't know if that would work for for nubs. Yeah. Oh, dude, I got a story about that. One time there was this little guy. I'm gonna call him Peter. And everybody behind, I didn't, I hadn't met him yet, but he sort of people talked about him in my friend group, and everybody called him Little Peter. And everybody was like Little Peter this, Little Peter that, Little Peter this, Little Peter that, yeah. you know. And then, um, you know, I'm at a party, and this very small man walks in. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, that must be little Peter. So I walk up to him and I go, little Peter, what's up? And he looks me straight in the eyes and he says, I fucking hate that nickname. Everybody calls me that nickname. This is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Shut the fuck up and stop calling me little Peter. And I remember I just like walked away from that situation and thought to myself, like, that is the last time I I ever call anybody by their nickname whatsoever. I've had a similar. I felt I've had a so bad situation. I was um, I'm in high school and I'm at a party, and uh, I'm, I mean, I'm from a pretty redneck uh, part of town, right? So there's some dudes there that are just, I don't know, they're those people exist in the world. So anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm hanging out, and this guy is just referred to as Cunthead because he has a <laughs> scar on his forehead. You can imagine, I'm sure what it looks like, right? So he got <laughs> some accident, he got hit in the head, and. For years, I've always known him as like just I'm um, adjacently like oh there's Cunthead walking by, um, but I'm at a party for the first time and I'm about to interact with him, and I just go oh hey Cunthead can you like pass me a beer or something and uh, like it was so clear that I'm I'm like maybe five years younger and like his friend group can call him that but I fucking so am not yeah. allowed and yeah I was 
I was my 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 safety was threatened. <laughs> Cody's nickname is Conthead too, but that's because he's always going down on chicks. Ah, oh, nice. Whoa, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Even talk. laughs> What's it like? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You know, I just learned young Cody maximizing. <laughs> Sorry, oh, do we cool. freeze there? Yeah, that's how. That's where we all yeah, are. I just did trial and error. That's why yeah. nobody calls me back. I'm still, uh, yeah. I'm still just trying to. I'm yeah. poking around down there. I'll figure it out one day. You know, it is disgusting, but Maxim told me to do it, so <laughs> I'll do it. You know, <laughs> nowadays, like nowadays, people are eating butt and everything, so it's all good. I think that the. You know the the whole thing. I, people, I am eating butt. I think that that's the important yeah. thing. Hey, we should, uh, yeah, we should fly that flag. And um, I mean, I, I think it's just so much easier, right? I think if you're going down on chicks, like I'm just just stick to the butt, and there's not a whole lot of uh, not a whole lot of crack. You know, what I, I mean? don't even go down on girls anymore. I only yeah. I only eat ass. I'm just like, I'm, yeah. <laughs> was that like a union deal or something? Did you guys go on strike? Or I just think it's homophobic to eat a girl's pussy, so I just. Go fair straight enough, to the fair enough and like happy pride month yeah. and stuff and um yeah like eat, eat, <laughs> exactly eat dude butt too right if you're only eating ass then it really opens you up to the rest of the world you know what i mean like your numbers uh like your just potential partners i mean have now just shot through the roof right exactly. yeah, there you go it's hard to find love in this city <laughs> really it's nearly it's nearly impossible it really is i just keep running away from it you know isn't that something what are you gonna do I, like, I keep uh, running for it, and they keep running <laughs> away from me. Well, at least you stay in shape, you know? There you go. <laughs> With all the running. <laughs> I, I walk. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, do you guys, did you guys ever have any, like, experiences with music that got you in trouble or any, like... Like I, I know like some things I mean, Cody was mentioning to me the other day about some bet he made about ACDC with his dad. What was oh, that all yeah. about? So it's basically the genesis of how I got into music. Like um, when I was around 10 years old or so, my dad would kind of rag on me because I didn't know like his brand of music. Like I didn't know Doug and the Slugs or 38 oh, yeah. Caliber. So totally. whenever I'd be listening to the radio and it was like right around the time the Xbox came out, the first one, we'd be listening to the radio and he'd be like, hey, name this band. And if you get it right, I'll give you an Xbox. And he kept doing this, just mocking me. And then one day we're listening to the radio and it was just like, and up next, ACDC. And then like Back in Black started playing. He's like, oh, Cody, who sings this? I'll give you an Xbox. And I was like, ACDC? And then he's like, oh my God. And then I didn't get it, uh, a gaming console for four years. <laughs> he like <laughs> waited for the price to drop. <laughs> but out of that, I kind of just like rebelled against any music my parents were into and just went harder. Like if they were into country music, I just went harder into like led zeppelin and ludicrous pretty much <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah that's awesome oh that's fucking wild yeah. <laughs> four years later that's incredible like is that the, by the time the next console came out like you had to yeah. wait until the free came up for you to get an xbox yeah exactly <laughs> that's wild yeah i was like thanks dude and he's like yeah you're welcome (laughs) (laughs) did you even forget about it did he come and just uh you know give you the xbox and like did he give you a copy of back in black as well too like (laughs) yeah no he totally didn't do that but then i was like buying my own like some 41 albums and shit then so uh, no filler exactly this xbox one i like yeah the first one yeah the first one fuck that's confusing because there is a new xbox called xbox one <laughs> no it was the first ah, one i wanted halo um so dude that's fucking hilarious yeah yeah halo's but. fucking sick dude i remember um like my mom was in a relationship with a woman who was very protective and i remember like not being allowed to listen to certain music and that is one thing that i do appreciate about our generation was like we came from the last generation where pop culture in general but specifically music was still dangerous and like still pushed the status quo and like i like a lot of the music that comes out today but nothing is making you think as much as even though i'm not a huge fan of this person's music he still pushed something that was quite interesting like a marilyn manson like an eminem and i'm using those two examples because they're huge they were huge multi-platinum selling 
artists, but they were talking about, you know, Eminem talked a lot about fucking free speech. Yeah. And like extremely polarizing um, at the time too, like especially around Columbine and all that stuff. When we were yeah. kids, those two were public enemy number one, I think. Oh so yeah. Controversial. Parent. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Like, oh, uh, I mean, for instance, like, I remember the interview. I mean, now he's been proven to be a complete piece of shit. So let's like remember that Marilyn Manson oh, is yeah, yeah. like an abuser and everything like that. And maybe his intellect was the interview that he did on bullying for Columbine. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was like great. that interview. That interview really opened my eyes up to, to the fact of like, oh, just because somebody's entertaining me, it doesn't mean that they're not, that they're, that's actually 100% who they are. It's like clearly yeah, a person's totally. well-spoken. I remember that shit fucking blew my mind. Yeah. When he was Alice Cooper, like um, 2.0 kind of thing, right? Yeah. Like, I don't th- yeah. think, um, I don't know how, I think he took himself a lot more seriously. Um, I'm a big fan of Doug Stanhope. And if you listen to that podcast, you'll hear a lot of, uh, you know, he's friends with Marilyn Manson and Johnny Depp, which is fucking wild. I mean, especially this past year. I mean, those phone calls have to just be like, you know, whatever's going on there is going on there. But um, if I, I think with a guy like Marilyn Manson, I, I don't know if he took the persona too far, or like lived that life. If you was it Kurvonaga, you have to be careful who mm-hmm. we pretend to be because we become who we pretend to be or whatever um yeah. I, whatever that quote is i think um like with how do you separate you know your like you can separate the art from the artist or whatever but how does the artist separate himself from his own art you know what i mean mm-hmm. that guy's that's just interesting yeah 100 so uh, changing the subject a little bit actually, um, i, I want to i actually have a i got in a little bit of trouble with um I was in a, a high school um, gym class from an Italian town. So, like, my name's DeVito. I'm Mr. Caputo. But, you know, everybody's Italian. So, he goes, hey, how's your Uncle Tony doing? Does he still play drums in Trooper? Who like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, my that's my Uncle Tony does not play drums in Trooper. And Mr. Caputo looks at me. This is uh, Ray Ferrero's younger brother, Tony. He's like, fucking, yeah, he's telling me that... Uh, um he's kind of baffled like i'm you know i'm wearing all my band t-shirts i'm like clearly like a music kid you would think that i would know if you know my my uncle who lives down the road is in you know one of the biggest fucking canadian bands of all time raised a little hell and the boys in their bright white sports yeah, yeah. and i'm like the fuck are you talking about man so he bets me 20 dollars in front of my entire gym class that my uncle tony plays drums for trooper so I have to go down at the end of my uh, the end of the school day. I go home. I phone my uncle Tony. I said, you know, is this? <laughs> tell me this isn't true. And he said, he goes, Hey, if you don't have your fucking money, I'll fucking do <laughs> with this gabagool, you motherfucker. <laughs> he goes, Johnny, you dumb motherfucker. <laughs> he, I mean, he never played on an actual album, so he's not recorded, but he definitely played played on tour with these guys. That's awesome. Yeah, I had to go back tail between my legs in front of uh yeah, in front of fucking Abenantes and Desimpinis and all these fucking Italian kids. And yeah, pay up. Mr. Caputo took twenty dollars for the child. Fucking asshole. Damn. Mr. Caputo, a- what an Italian move to hold you to the bet. <laughs> I've got a Don't, trooper yeah, no, connection. He, he bet smart money, he knows he's gonna win. You have a trooper Yo, connection, Cody? Yeah, I used to my dad is friends with the keyboardist from Trooper, and I used to like babysit his kids and shit. Oh no shit. <laughs> yeah, isn't that crazy? It's <laughs> a separation of Cody and Johnny and Trooper. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. We're gonna have to work that into this episode title. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I mean, hopefully you make it more concise than I just said it, but <laughs> <laughs> if you can smooth that out, then I'm I'm totally in. <laughs> the trooper connection, yeah. Um, but yeah, like uh so we were talking about earlier your Green Day show, and that seemed really formative. What mm-hmm. are some like your most memorable concerts you've been to? And same oh, with you, Bo. I mean, after that, uh, I've definitely gone out of my way to uh, to a lot of them, like um, and more so like experiences. Um, uh, sound set. You guys know like Rhyme Sounds Entertainment with uh, Atmosphere and Brother Ali. And- I know Atmosphere, oh, yeah. but I don't know. Uh, oh, okay. Brother well, Ali. they do. Um, they do a festival out in Minneapolis called Sound Set, and uh, me and a friend of mine drove out there. I think you know twenty nine hours or something like that in a car. And we got there and saw, I mean, so many great artists. I've seen Nas do Illmatic front to back there. <laughs> that was fucking insane. That's crazy. Um, yeah, but also, like, I mean, if you if you get, if you you find weed in a different state and then Cypress Hill comes on stage and you get a hit of blunt, like, that's always a good time. Um, but I saw Rancid do Outcome the Wolves um, in its entirety in Vegas at Punk Rock Bowl, and that was a fucking performance of a lifetime. Um, P.O.S. is one of my favorite rappers, and... Uh, 
I saw him at a at Sam set with um, two live drum sets set up on each side of the stage and a DJ there. So for like uh, that probably would be like the, the greatest hip hop performance I've seen because it was it was like a punk show. It was it was loud. It was fast. And uh, yeah, kind of life changing. It was like there's there's been a few of those moments where I'm just sitting there with like my eyes bald showed in my head going like, holy shit. And uh, that yeah. probably like Alice Cooper. I think, yeah, many of them, but I've, I've been all over. I'm still, I'm, I'm looking forward to punk rock bowling this year in September. I'm going back to Vegas for that. One. I like how Johnny's answer was, I've seen all the concerts. I would say, well, the best, um, actually I'll go last. Cody, you can go next. Um, I'm going to do three uh the craziest concert i've been to i would just um, want to say this hold up hold up hold up hold up hold up no. nobody understood the fucking basis of this question what is the best concert you've ever been to not okay, your top okay. three the best one the best one would probably be queens of the stone age um at coachella because it's like they're on their home turf by joshua tree and um josh home the lead singer is like drunk out of his mind having a blaster opening for arcade fire and it was just such a fucking sick show that was probably my best show i've been to yeah yeah, yeah. well about you Bo? what's your um, one and only my yeah jesus <laughs> christ you stickler man i lived with that all those shows are all my the, the best show I can't it's okay if the guest does it but if the host doesn't understand <laughs> yeah. the question or answer it's, no i'm just i'm just joking you could have done three i'll I save I was my Nicki minaj story for another day How about that? <laughs> I, I was i was totally joking i was totally i was just busted i was just busting yeah, I gotta um, out here for episode two i want to hear all about Nicki minaj exactly yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um so i would say so when i was 13 years old i was like you john i was a huge uh music fan and my dad got me tickets to a band that i'd never heard of before and it was my first concert ever. And it was one of the first things that I did that I felt like an adult doing. Like I got two tickets, me and my friend Skylar were going. And we, so maybe I'm rare in this, but my first concert was the best concert I've ever been to. And I think it's partly because I did yeah. And we were there, and when I remember we were lining up to see the band, I just got a good vibe from the people in the crowd. I don't know if that has ever happened. Like, one oh, yeah. thing that people don't recognize about what makes a good concert, what doesn't make a good concert, and I know this because uh, I worked at a music venue for three years, so I've been to, like, 900 concerts, okay? Yeah, okay? Yeah. So, um, it's, it's like, it's a lot to do with the audience, too, yeah. that could make or break a make or break a concert. I remember I got a really good vibe about them, and the reason I got a good vibe about them was the security guards kind of like lined up like single, like almost like Nazis um, lined up at like single profile while we were all in the lineup waiting to get into the music venue. <laughs> and um, they said, Hey, we just want to go over some rules. And they were being really aggro. And they said like, no mosh pits. And somebody yelled at him, uh, shut the fuck up. This is an explosions in the sky concert, which is like saying like there's not gonna be any fucking mosh pits it's an, it's an yeah. instrument it's an instrumental <laughs> band from texas um anyways we went to the concert and i was like four, 13 or 14 i held hands with a 28 year old woman Whoa. um the oh, concert man. was just like on a different level of fucking epic and i remember leaving and sitting at a bus stop and my ears were ringing and ringing and ringing and yeah. ringing me and skyline couldn't even hear each other speak to one another it was like just like so fucking we were so deaf and um and i remember just thinking like life is never gonna get better than this and it didn't well, like, know that you're in man at that point like it's that fucking experience right that uh yeah like it, it doesn't even have to be the band, right? It's with Best Buddy, you know, you're like the first green thing I was talking about, right? As soon as like once your eyes opened to like I don't have to sit at mom's house anymore and just like exactly. hang out and play fucking Nintendo. Like there's people out there and um yeah, that's why I think um by uh, punk rock as soon as I'm at a show, like I mean there's a lot of uh there's a lot of fans that kind of spoil the band. Like if you've been to like a mm. like a pan Paris show, you're like, get me the fuck out of here. Like these guys are, are fucking lunatics. Yeah. But if you, you know, um, but I get to if I get to like say like the rickshaw and you know, like I'm fucking strung out as playing. They're just kind of a, you know, 
maybe like a B or C tier band, right? Not the biggest band, but they're amongst, uh, you know, amongst the group and all the same people are going to be at that show that we're at the no effect show or anything. And you're kind of like, Oh, I'm amongst my people. Like I'm cool. right now. Yeah. And, and also like a lot of the times it's those mid tier bands that have people that will like go and travel to see them because, um, bigger bands you're just like oh they'll come to a city near me or they'll come to my city it's no big deal i don't know and so you end up meeting people from like different areas and different places that have different experiences different connections to the band because they're from different places and i find that shit like so fucking cool or like somebody who has all the same taste in music as you but for like completely different reasons you know what i mean i love that shit as well that shit's so good that's what makes music the goat art form it's it is the goat art form it's because like it just connects it connects everybody. It even connects you if you like have wildly different tastes in music. Yeah, podcasting I mean, doesn't even I hold a candle. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I love that people want to kill some time with me, so that's fantastic. But I mean, if 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 what we're doing is bringing people together, like uh, you know, like a fucking foreigner song brings drunk chicks to get that. Uh, <laughs> that kind of reaction i think that and the the one that stands the test of time too i mean even if somebody's just like you know banging on a bucket or something like that at the the end of the day you can still get something you know speaking of banging on a bucket one time i was at a park and i saw buckethead do a pre-omp to concert there i don't know if you know buckethead but he just like showed up with his amp, with his guitar, with, his with like a with like a little with his bucket on, with like his yeah. little band, and just like played for the fucking kids at the park, and he was like, "Holy shit, fucking incredible!" And he never took that fucking bucket off his head once. Motherfucker that left in that shit. Fucking wild, man. Yeah, I've um, I'm just kind of getting um, like around to to Buckethead, but I've heard that he just does has like jam albums. Like so you have like 40 or you know 25, 30 fucking albums. Like that's yeah, like, I hate, do not like his music whatsoever. It's not oh, my no? thing, but it was just an incredible experience. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just oh, not my type of music. It's very like technical guitar based. Oh yeah. yeah. For me it's yeah the that's a little bit. It's outside. Skyland pointed out he's probably time he played. Oh shit! Yeah, that's wild. Um, does he have like eyes cutting the fucking thing or? I don't. And, and and what's the what's the setting like? Is this like mid August and he's just wearing a? It was a summer day. We were at uh, Grandview Park, and I think he was here for a concert already. And it was like wow. midday. Midday. Yeah. It was like three p.m. or something like that. Me and Skyland were like fourteen years old, right. drinking vodka the park or whatever yeah <laughs> right on yeah. it was fucking ever seen anything like that but um at, i i love going to hip-hop festivals because you'll see a lot of uh you know like dudes freestyling and whatnot i think that's um probably the closest that i've been to there's this guy named carnage the executioner who's fucking amazing artist he really went for it when, with the name too but um, <laughs> incredible beatboxer and uh, and and a, and a really gifted freestyler. So idea and abilities. If you guys know who those dudes are, they're um, kind of adjacent or, or uh, friends, right? So when I show up to Soundset, the guy is still affiliated with all these artists, but he's not on this massive bill, right? With Nas and Atmosphere and whoever's playing, right? So he's kind of selling his T-shirts and stuff. And then every hour on the hour he's over there with like Zion I and like, it's just a bunch of like underground dudes and a bunch of young kids that are coming up. And like the circle that they have is, um, you know, (laughs) every hour on the hour, I'm going back from the main stage just to check out what these guys are doing. So like that, that kind of shit is, uh, if it's, if it's improvised and right off the top, um, sometimes like when you see a bunch of white dudes do it, like outside of, (laughs) uh, of a movie theater in a suburban area, then like, maybe that's not the shit, but (laughs) every once in a while you see it happen. It's like some, some life changing, I used to freestyle like crazy too, when I was a kid. I had one, I had one, I had one line. I was all like fucked up on cocaine and shit, and we were freestyling in my kitchen. Oh, man, we could have been hanging out years and, ago. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, 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 totally, dude. And it was, um, it was like, um, it was like four in the morning, and we, I had already gotten a couple of noise complaints, and I dropped the line, Bo Bennett. The worst ten, <laughs> and everybody was like, "Whoa!" And I was like, "Yeah, motherfuckers!" It was like that meme of that fucking really funny kid with all the people oh, in the back. Super hot fire! Super hot fire! Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was like, "Yeah, I just did that." 
My best oh, freestyle it. line. Sorry, I was going to say my best freestyle line is one time I was talking about our friend, uh, my friend Kenny Gourmet, and I said Kenny Gourmet fish fillet. That was a that's pretty bad. <laughs> Another. I have two other. I have. Two, I have. Whack. I have two other good ones. One time I was freestyle battling this guy at Trout Lake, and uh, I was high on cocaine. And um, Dude, usually, I mean, if that I'm being said, I don't really if, rap unless unless that's involved. So I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Me too. And and I said, uh, you know, they were rap battling me. They were saying mean things about me. And I said, uh, um, what did I say? I said, uh, like you're a bitch. Uh, your you your your guys' sisters gave me hand jobs during the movie <laughs> Twister. And that went that went that went nuts, dude. That went nuts. People were like, "Sister Twister, oh, hand jobs. Oh this kid's on a different level." Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I did fuck one of their hey. sisters too, so it was that ultra funny. There yeah. you go. Me and my friends never really got into the battles, but like, if you're sitting there until like you know three in the morning, stop in the world's problems over a fucking coffee table and a plate of fucking sugar then i mean what ended up happening was just these like mind expansion like uh like ciphers about aliens and shit like that and some stuff just i mean off the top of my head if i could remember one fucking line that stuck out like no way those were just hours and hours of i, mean, I always remember my successes 100 <laughs> percent yeah, man, definitely not going to define me as an artist, but uh, <laughs> I'd be lying if I said uh, I didn't fucking love it. Totally. I want to back the world, yeah. Totally. So on this podcast, we talk quite a bit about movies. Oh. Um, so I'm wondering, what is your favorite soundtrack to a movie, non-musical? Ooh, favorite soundtrack? I mean, the most iconic to me that I can think of off the top of my head would probably be Reservoir Dogs. Oh yeah, um, good one. Yeah, I think with yeah, little green bag, and I'm stuck in the middle with uh, I mean that kind of coinciding with a cop getting his fucking ear chopped off. I mean, when I when you're a kid, I a rebel like you said, Cody, like you kind of rebelled against all your parents' music, which I kind of did mm -hmm. too. But um, it's, as soon as you kind of see the, yeah those two things match up, that was pretty undeniable that uh, that not only is uh, there are more genres to for me to to explore, but also music and film kind of put together. Like when that when that's done right, it's, it's something something really special. Exactly. Yeah, um, I, I'd say like probably Goodfellas for me with like the nice. Stones soundtrack with Sympathy for the Devil. Um, but honorary mention because they get an honorary mention because the soundtrack is actually much better than the movie is Guardians of the Galaxy. If you ever listen to that oh, soundtrack, yeah. that soundtrack yeah, fucking bangs the movie is fine yeah. but the soundtrack is like banger after banger after banger that's actually i, I if that was just on a plate yeah totally i would definitely get uh get into that that's in my <laughs> in my my new um journey to kind of uh expand i think that i should check all that shit out because i i think that's yeah. the, probably the best part of the flick for me even in number two uh at the beginning there were little baby Groot is trying to hook the speakers up and all that stuff i think the the second one actually had a lot of hits too oh yeah mine would uh be my new favorite movie rock of ages from 2012 oh I, that's a musical obsession but <laughs> yeah, it has a banger soundtrack he said it's all existing <laughs> <laughs> it's so my mom gave it to me for christmas a dvd years ago and i'm like i'm not watching this and then the other night i watched it drunk and i was like this is the best time i've ever had nearly cried how much i miss concerts and clubs so dope ass film i do, i highly recommend it um also speaking of movies um, fair enough i guess with the story and everything i'll let it pass yeah um one thing that we've been talking about doing on this podcast is bo's been wanting to do like a donkey of the day sort of situation but i have sure. a better idea uh not a better idea but it's something different i want to do actor appreciation day so i just want to give a shout out to an actor um today it's matthew lillard Dude. So, <laughs> actor appreciation, Matthew Lillard. I'm, uh, I, yeah, I think underrated, the most slept on. Um, SLC Punk really hit me good, but I mean, he's feeling a little woozy here. Come on, scream! I love that yeah. shit. And anybody that's yeah, talking yeah, yeah. about his uh, his blow up with the Scooby Doo can go fuck themselves. Scooby Doo's pretty good, directed by James Gunn. 
Well, no, I mean, but I think he went crazy on the on the press tour or something like that. He kind of got memed or or something. But, uh, I don't know. They, they turned him into a laughing stock. You guys are hackers. I'm great in hackers. I, I'm about to see hackers. I'm about to see. No, not hackers. Sorry, I have seen hackers. I thought you said hack because Cody just put me onto a show called Hack. But uh, what was I going to say about Matthew Litter? Oh, all this stuff about celebrities going crazy. Like, not the whole world has been on a bender once or twice. Like, chill the fuck out. It's like anytime somebody acts up a little bit, it's like I know what that guy's going through. He's just been doing coke for a couple of days, Trey. Leave him alone. Let him get some rest. He'll be good to go tomorrow. Like, Jesus oh, fucking Christ. Put a fucking camera in his face, and I mean, if I'm I'm sure the day stretched long. I mean, I, at some point, yeah. everybody's going to say some crazy. I, shit. Uh, I've worked with. Ma- I was telling Johnny before the show. I work in film. I've worked with Matthew Lillard on a pilot with John Samos, and they were oh, both oh. like the oh. nicest guys. Like, um, there was a time where I had like a tent on a dolly, and I was going to put it in a door, but they like got to the door before me, and they're like, "No, please, after you." And I'm just like, "Oh, oh my god!" Thank you, Matthew Lillard. <laughs> Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's our actor. <laughs> yeah, I could imagine them being super nice guys. Totally. I just it's one of those people that I just feel like yeah. I get along with. I don't know why like what's what that means like in my head, but I'm like I can totally chill with that guy. Yeah. Dude, scream. Yeah, dude. Fuck, right. bro. Fucking scream. Cody doesn't even get it. I keep mentioning to him because we write shit together. I keep being like, dude, I want to write a movie like Scream. Like, why doesn't Gen Z have their version of Scream? Like they're like really dope meta comedy. Mm-hmm horror movie that is like unbelievably funny but also takes the horror super seriously and every time cody's like okay cool yeah what the fuck redefine the fucking genre man redefine the genre (laughs) speaking of which speaking of which wes craven redefined a genre kind of basically redefined the genre of horror Mm -hmm. in three decades straight hills have eyes nightmare on elm street and scream what oh, the shit. fuck what a fucking genius dude like yeah how the f- fuck does one manage to do that y- the story behind scream really bums me out too because kevin anderson the screenwriter supposedly wrote that shit in a weekend <laughs> fucking i've been working my ass off for eight years the fuck and i <laughs> i stress yeah, over yeah, pages exactly. and stuff like <laughs> Also, yeah. it's been, yeah. do you think like the 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 story of of most of like my favorite songs or, or a lot of stuff is just kind of comes right out of you? you know, I, I know some people, especially writers, are kind of do this exercise. Like if it doesn't um, if it doesn't pour out of you, you know, for the most part, then it's probably not great. If you have to take so much time to put all the pieces together, because structurally, like um, Cody, did you, did you guys do VFS? Cody, you were your VFS. Oh, guy, I went right? to the Art Institute. Um, oh, the not Art quite Institute. VFS, oh, okay. but similar, yeah. Okay. I have a, I have a s- really stellar grade nine education. Hey, there you go. But I mean, it sounds like you're passionate, right? Like, so if you could understand the like the structure, I think we go crazy trying to uh, to fit everything into, you know what I mean, like a page count or where the you know yeah. the, where the the turns are supposed to happen and stuff, rather than just kind of naturally telling the story. So that's mm-hmm. there's it's something I'm trying to do, but I'm also just trying to sell something too. So Jesus Christ. Uh, scripts yeah. for sale <laughs> <laughs> please guys <laughs> we should start posting behind a patreon <laughs> but yeah it's funny like um i work for like because yeah, people want to pay to read scripts <laughs> could you imagine that might make it more appealing though <laughs> if that's if that's a possibility i know that there's some there's there's some i mean we'll, we'll talk later about some uh avenues that you can kind of send them out or, or at least get eyes on them but yeah it's it's mm-hmm. it's one of the most uh gut-wrenching things is not even to get a no is just to get a no response you know what i mean i got oh. i got pages floating all over the place out there yeah, yeah. <laughs> cody imagine if imagine how hard it is to get somebody to read your script now mm-hmm. and then imagine if you said give me five dollars as well. <laughs> well i don't know if you write a crazy good title i think you can maybe reel them in maybe yeah if you got a solid elevator pitch i don't know but uh you really bro somebody that i mean i i found that it's bro it's easy to get somebody sorry, to read sorry. the script but the person that can actually get it made that's a different story Bro, you can't get people to pay for pornography. That's some shit people actually want to watch. Nobody's <laughs> read your fucking script. By the way, by the way, they're free. Yeah. Hey, hey, why don't you buy my script? Uh, I could read Fargo on the internet for free. I'm gonna read your 
bullshit script about a fucking llama who learns how to love himself. Some shit I would write. <laughs> Before you go, Johnny, we actually have like a, a audience um, submitted a video for us to watch. So what's been happening oh, cool. on the show is Bo um, has been like kind of like ghosting girls regularly and then they try and message me to get to him um and there's this girl morgan he's kind of ragged on her on the show but lately she's been getting advice off the website cameo and then sending me these videos of these guys giving her advice so here's uh one of them real quick <laughs> yeah let's check it out morgan what's up um like everybody else in the history of this universe um let me tell you something your boyfriend the shinanya doesn't deserve you okay bo should not be affiliated with you just break up with him it'll hurt at first but then after the pain you'll realize you literally literally helped yourself it's like right now the relationship was good until he cheated on you and now the relationship is basically like heroin and yeah, I mean, being with him a little bit, knowing that you have somebody with you might feel great, but it's literally making you deteriorate and fucking you over. Just get off the drug, aka bow, and find somebody else, okay? Because you literally can get anybody else. Don't sell yourself short, okay? And don't don't think you can't do better than bow. You easily can do better than Bo. You got that fucking nice ass, okay? And just because of that ass and that beautiful fucking toes of yours, you can have literally 30% of the population right there, okay? It calls you fat, ugly. Why are you staying with a guy that call, makes fun of you with this fucking podcast that has like maybe one viewer oh, per year or some shit and makes fun of you in it? You're probably his only viewer too. And you just stay there and you listen to making fun of you and roasting you and cheating on you? What I suggest... Get money after you break up with him and hire somebody to beat the living fuck out of him. And if he has a dog, no, I actually don't hurt dogs. Never mind, I was going to suggest to hurt the dog, but well, what did that one do? Never mind. Beat the shit out of him. He deserves it. Okay? Cheaters need their ass beat. Okay? You think they'll stop cheating? No. They'll stop cheating once they get their ass beat. That's how it is. Sometimes violence is needed. You think it isn't? Oh well, that's your opinion. My opinion, and from experience, violence helps. Hire somebody, or you personally beat the shit out of him, and see him never fucking hurt anybody else's life ever again. And then keep tabs on him too, okay? And keep tabs okay, on him okay. every year, every other year, and make sure. <laughs> okay, so this is what I gotta say There's about still that. Still a minute left. This is what I got. This is what, this is what I gotta say about that. This is what I gotta say about that. All right. This is further proof as to why you never give that good dick on the first date. All right. <laughs> it's a recipe for disaster. You but never you do it, dude. You cannot give that good dick. Anytime I learn from this Morgan situation that if I am gonna fuck a chick, then I'm gonna give them like the most mediocre dick they've ever had in their life. That way, I know that they like me for my personality, not for my prowess and my intensity in the uh, bedroom. So there you go. 100%. That's actually words of wisdom that I heard from an old guy I used to work with, an old plumber named Ron. You <laughs> said never give that good dick I mean, on the I, first yeah, day. You worded, it, you worded it like keep the expectations low, but I know that in his heart of hearts, he meant don't ever give up that good dick on the first date. Like that's <laughs> fuck. That should be a T-shirt, man. Also, like, who the fuck is that guy that yeah. people are paying for, like, basement suite advice from? Do you see his fucking folding lawn chairs and, like, patchy ass chest hair? That's amazing. Who is that guy? We're 90% sure he murders people. Oh, man. Yeah, no, you've got skeletons in his closet and bodies under the floorboards, man. That fucking dude is unbelievable. I will say this in terms of, like, pure manliness, he does oh, have me. Yeah, dude, all three of us, I think. Yeah. Um, he kind of looks like Jonah Hill from Staten Island. Um, so I can't really compete with that on a physical level, like in a fight or anything like that. But um, that guy's got to watch his mouth. He doesn't know who he's talking to. And if after the show he wants to compare tough guy friends, we can compare <laughs> tough guy friends, all right? Give me a fucking phone call. I'll knock you the fuck out, motherfucker. <laughs> no doubt, dude. Can't go out like that.
Yeah. Stop talking. Come on. Stop talking to my ex girl. <laughs> okay. You need or to else? show up at his house and start knocking, right? And be like, yeah. "Yo, I'm Bo. What's up with all that shit you were talking?" If you keep talking about my ex girl, you're gonna be an ex human being. If you know what I mean, that's because I'm gonna yep, do your ass, bro. Dirt. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, we've truly said it all, haven't we? Yeah, we've truly said really, it all. Really fun episode with you, Johnny. Before you leave, is there anything you want to plug off, or uh, um, where people can, yeah, find, where can people the, find you? Check out my podcast. Um, we're on YouTube, um, Spotify, Apple, all that stuff. Uh, Show me yours podcast on Instagram, Johnny DeVito on um, Instagram and Twitter. And uh, thanks for having me, guys. This is awesome. Oh, thanks for coming awesome. on, man. Uh, yeah, yeah we'll you're a blast. To, and everybody yeah. go check out that podcast. Personally, I haven't listened to it, but I heard it's great. <laughs> heard it from me. I the honesty. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone. Just wait for Dale on, on there. We have a Exactly, man. Thank you so much, Steve. We appreciate it. Thank you.